If you like listening to Inglorious Trexperts, you'll love watching us. Really? Wait, how? I, guess, I guess you will. I guess you will. But how, how can one do that, Mark? Now you can download the free Electric Now app featuring video podcasts of The Inglorious Trexperts, The 430 Movie, Best Movies Never Made, and tons of free TV, movies, and more. You're saying it's so all, all free? All free? I'm saying it's free. 100% no free. Page, 100%. There's no Patreon. There's no premium fees. There's no electronic frontier. Well, there's no All excuse there is, not to get it then. There's no excuse not to. That's what I'm saying. So download the Electric Now app today and start watching us right now. Need to make a call? Look for a police call box. That's where you'll find Two on Who, the new Doctor Who podcast from Electric Surge. Two on Who is available wherever you listen to podcasts. If you're a fan of the 430 movie, you'll love Best Movies Never Made, hosted by myself, Josh Miller. And Steven Scarlatta. Where we explore some of the greatest movies never made, like E.T. 2. Johnny Quest. Beetlejuice Goes Hawaiian. And Halloween 3D. New episodes available every other Monday, wherever you listen to podcasts. I am Bev, and welcome to the Rebel and the Rogue Star Wars, nothing but Star Wars podcast. <laughs> um, here, you know, we, we, we talk a little indie flick called Star Wars and all the things affiliated with the Star Wars that we do. And my co-pilot, depending on how we're viewing this, but he is down below, is Jason Tobias. Yeah, I'm here. I'm here. It's like it's like uh, it's like Connect Four. Like who knows where my square is, but I'm somewhere on here. But we're psyched for a little R and R, little Rebel and Rogue. A little Rebel and, and Rogue. Yeah, yeah. And we got a great guest today. We have author, artist, father Andrew Weingarner. He is doing something very cool. He is taking the script, Episode Nine, Duel of the Fates, by um, uh, Colin Trevorrow and Derek Connolly, and he has adapted it into his own comic. So to anyone who has not read that script out there. Uh, Andrew is a fantastic artist and he's putting this out on Twitter and he's putting it up on his website to promote not only his work, but just to show his rendition of what the script would look like in an illustrated format. Andrew, thanks so much for coming on, man. We really appreciate it. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about uh, you. Like, how'd you, I mean, have you always been an artist? Did you start off doing art? Just, you know, has this come to you naturally? I mean, tell us a little bit about your progression into this, into this world of art. Uh, well, I've always been a drawer, an artist, illustrator. Um, I went to UC Berkeley and studied art, uh, graduated in 2004. Um, and then from there, I tried to get into comics, and I eventually got two books published. Uh, one is an adaptation of a, a book from 85 or so called The Way of the Peaceful Warrior. Okay. So I did the comic book version of a movie was eventually made in 2007 and the author, Dan Millman, um, he wrote the script and then they bought it and they, you know, proceeded to throw out his script <laughs> and hire somebody to write a new one. So he was very aggravated about that. And then met me about a year later and was like, here's my real script. You have to like do a, do an adaptation of this script. This is what I wanted them to do. So Peaceful Warrior, the graphic novel, is based on 
that. So, and then uh, that was in 2010. And then in 2011, I, I did a adaptation of the Epic of Gilgamesh. Ah. Um, which is one of my favorite things that I've ever done. And it's been received well. I, I keep wanting people to make a film based on it, but uh, nobody has yet. But uh, from there I went, um, I went into teaching. So I teach art. Um, and that's basically it. All right. So question for you, because I don't know if a lot of people know this, but you were trying to self-publish these comic books, correct? Or was this actually through a distributor when you were talking about the, the, the previous two lawyer? books? <clears throat> yes. Yeah. Those are through publishing houses. Okay. Um, cool. You know, the, the first book, you know, I always wonder myself, like, well, how do people get in? Cause I don't feel like I'm in the business really, even though I've published two books, but, um, mm -hmm. uh, and it's, it's always a, a luck thing. So it's like, I met this author who wanted to do this project uh, because it was my best friend's wife's mother's best friend. Uh, her <laughs> oh husband God. was Dan Millman. So it's like this weird confluence what? of event, like space balls confluence of events um, okay. where I met this guy. And uh, so I published that. And then from there, uh, you know, I got into teaching and I was at a teacher party at like a Chevy's or something. And the school I was working at, the vice principal, his wife was talking to me about something. And I told her, well, I'm doing the Epic of Gilgamesh and maybe I'll self-publish it. And she was like, oh, well, I was a classics major in college. I love the Epic of Gilgamesh. I'm an editor at this other publishing house. Like, bring it in when, you, when it's done. So. I brought it in and they were like, great, let's do it. So, and it's always funny when things work, they work very fast. Like you try, yeah. I tried for like 10 years to get a book published. And when it was published, it was like, here's the contract. Here's your money. Get it done right now. <laughs> That's great. Kind of funny. And I, I haven't self-published anything yet. I, I have a, I'm kind of sitting on a children's book right now that mm -hmm. I just need to put up on Amazon Kindle. But uh, yeah, I haven't self-published anything yet. Okay. Cause yeah, I mean, other than free on my website, right? So. Yeah. Yeah. Self-publication. I mean, you know, there's, there there's you. a lot of people that don't really understand kind of how distribute <clears throat> distribution works. And mm -hmm. it is very challenging when you go into the idea of marketing, when you go into the idea of just reaching an audience and like when you have oh, yeah. a larger publisher, whether it's like, I mean, let's just talk about the ones that people will probably know in comics, Marvel, DC, IDW, Dark Horse, uh, Top Cow. You know, these are people that would just, an image, yes. I mean, one of the most, uh, uh, it was the first independent distributor that came about in the 90s with like Todd McFarlane, Jim Lee, Rob Liefeld. Mm -hmm. um, who, who else? <clears throat> there, there was, uh, uh, well, all right. Some, some big players. Mark Silvestri. And <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> yeah, Silvestri. Just throwing some names up. Um, but it's, it's very challenging. I mean, it's very, because there's a lot of noise out there. And I mean, obviously we have a great a tool in the internet and you have social media channels that you can get your work out there, but it's still mm -hmm. something to be said where you can go to say, you know, a Comic-Con and you see your book on tables somewhere, or you're not just distributing through, maybe it's digital downloads through PDFs or something like you're buying hard copies or something. It's, yeah. it's a challenge. It's a challenge. But, um, uh, and by the way, you know, Bevan and I are very, very fluent in the Comic-Con circuits, whether it's Wizard World, Comic-Con, San Diego Comic-Con, New York Comic-Con. So we understand, you know, the, 
the passion that you have to have, especially as an artist, a comic book writer, an illustrator, an inker, uh, a penciler, you know, and just somebody yeah. who does all the things above, because that's what you're doing with your book, essentially. I mean, you, I'm, I'm assuming you're, you're wearing all the hats. You're doing the page yeah. layout. You're doing the penciling. The I mean, I didn't write it, but obviously. <laughs> well, of course. But, yeah. I mean, yeah. but that's, that's something that it is a task. Um, Absolutely. You know, you, and you're also coming up with the panel breakdowns and the layouts. Like you can go from like a script and you can say, okay, exterior, interior there, but there's no camera angles inside of here. You're playing the movie inside your head and you're mm -hmm. kind of building that out from there. Very yeah. cool. Very cool. Well, the other thing I think about marketing is um, I didn't realize <laughs> even when you do something through a publishing house, they don't really market for you nope. at all. They put it out and it's in their catalog, but that's it. Um, mm -hmm. so, you know, a lot of people have never heard of the things that I've done because it wasn't through Marvel or DC and they didn't have a, you know, wing of their company that only yeah. promoted things. Right. So. Right. Yeah. I mean, marketing is, it's so good for anything, any kind of media, if it, comic, television, film, I mean, book, it doesn't matter if nobody hears about it nobody's going to see it. Nobody's going to watch it. Or yeah. you're just going to have to hope that it's that grassroots kind of word of mouth that it catches fire and it just boom, boom, boom. And that brings me to how I found you was that people mm -hmm. in the Twitter feed were saying, Hey, this guy's doing something really cool with the episode nine script, duel of the fates. And I was like, Oh, okay, cool. Cause I'd read the script. And by the way, I just, I, I really enjoyed the script. I really enjoyed Colin Trevorrow's take on and Yeah. You know, I did Colin's as well. Take. Cause it felt what we got in the rise of Skywalker felt like that connected better to the force awakens because clearly JJ Abrams is helming the vision, but what we got in Connolly and Trevorrow's version of duel of the fates, it almost felt like it tied up better with what Ryan Johnson did in the last Jedi. Absolutely. It felt, yeah. It felt like it, it tied those two together more. So to the, to the divided star Wars community over the last Jedi that were like, Oh, why, 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 why didn't like this and like that. I wonder if this movie would have been made if people would have looked back at The Last Jedi and maybe done a 180 and go, you know what, uh, this kind of works, this blends a little bit better. This is a little bit stronger. I think so. And I, I'm a huge fan of The Last Jedi. I think it was just amazing, so. Whoa. Yeah. I know. Old word. We don't usually get guests on here that are like, Last Jedi, amazing. I know. And oh, you are, first one. No, it's great. Can you yeah, you are. that a little bit for me? Yeah, I'm sorry. Go for it, Andrew. Defend, can you defend that a little bit for me? It's just the first time we've had a guest. It's like I think the last Jedi was amazing. Oh well, just um, I mean, you know, whether people like the sequel trilogy or not, just the acting is way better than you know the prequels. <laughs> so yeah. acting is great. Um, I like the last Jedi specifically because um, the it just looks amazing. The cinematography is really good. I the art direction, the um, you know, all the movie posters and stuff were kind of based on the uh, the Battle of Crate with uh, the red and the white is just so very arresting. Mm -hmm. um, I also liked, you know, some people complain about some of the writing or, or maybe some of the writing has too many jokes in it, but I, I think it's all great. Um, and I like the reversals that Ryan Johnson did where it's like, um, you know, the Rise of Skywalker has really like ham-fisted in your face nostalgic callbacks mm -hmm. versus it's like here's this exact same thing as it was even with the same music and stuff like luke lifting his uh x-wing or whatever but uh for the last jedi it was you know 
here here is this scene but here's the reversal of it so it's like you know you're going to go see the evil master and then he's going to die immediately <laughs> and uh you know you're going to expect ben or uh expect kylo to redeem himself then because that's what vader did but he doesn't he doubles down on that you know he's this mass murderer um so i like yeah, I, I I like I like it in that way because some people complain about the reversals. Uh, like I text one of my buddies back and forth, and he's always complaining about it. And I'm like, but the reversal is the point. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and maybe it's because you know I'm, I started as a Star Wars fan, obviously as a kid, but um, I got into the Dune books, mm. which oh, Star yeah. Star Wars is kind of based on Dune. And Dune, they do that all the time. So in the first book. You know, Paul Atreides is the, the main good guy, and he overcomes the evil empire. And then in the second book, he's the villain, and he's, he's the guy who's running the jihad over the galaxy, wiping out planets. And he didn't want to be there, but he ends up there. And then in the third, you know, and then he, he leaves, and he goes and becomes a prophet in the desert. Um, you know, so there's always these reversals mm-hmm, mm-hmm. in the Dune series, which I like a lot. Very... Are you pumped know, for like, the Dennis Villeneuve version that's going to be absolutely, coming out? <clears throat> absolutely, looks beautiful. Looks really cool, and he's a, yeah, I, well, I love I, his stuff. Yeah, um, I liked uh, Blade Runner twenty forty nine, which I don't oh, like. Right. You know, if I'm here saying I love the Last Jedi, it's amazing. Um, a lot of sci fi people like Blade Runner, and I cannot stand Blade Runner, but I liked really? Blade Runner twenty forty nine a lot. I thought it was okay. really well done. Nice. So, so did you like the Rise of Skywalker then? Did you like what they did or did you feel like it was too heavy handed with the nostalgia? And, uh... Very heavy handed with the nostalgia. Um, I, I'm of two minds of it Ooh. or about it. So, um, you know, I don't like the way they did some retconning of The Last Jedi. I don't like the way they threw away Rose. I don't like some other things. Um, but I do like, I mean, it's good. Like, I don't understand why it was rated the worst Star Wars movie ever. Because uh, <laughs> I think Attack of the Clones is way worse. Anyway, um, but uh, uh, where was I going with that? Um, if you like the uh, Rise of Skywalker. Well, I, like, and like it's in the middle for me. It's okay. in the middle for me. Like, everybody likes their Star Wars rankings. And mine, it's like square in the middle. Um, I think it's definitely better than the haters say, and I think it's a lot worse than the people who love it say. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, uh, I and I, I sort of see it as an adaptation of Duel of the Fates because <laughs> there are many things that are very similar. Sure. Uh, and I've gone through the script and I, I have a, like a three page thing of like, here's what happens in Duel of the Fates. Here's what happens in Rise of Skywalker. And it's either the exact same thing or it's a reversal. Sure. Um, okay. So like, Rise of Skywalker is almost a strange adaptation of Duel of the Fates that's the one that we got, you know. So it's kind of odd to me. Um, yeah, when I read the script, when yeah. I read Duel of the Fates, I think the things that really stood out for me that that I enjoyed was I liked that we actually felt like we had some, we had some closing of loops with things. Like, yeah. You know, but, but one thing that really was still kind of confusing, and I wonder when Trevor and Connolly were actually writing Duel of the Fates, I wonder if they were writing it at the same time that Johnson was writing Last Jedi or maybe shooting it, was we have this kind I of... I think it was when they were shooting it. Okay. Well, I, yeah. I'm curious if... Or it could uh, have even been before they shot anything on Last Jedi. I don't remember. Yeah. But. I believe that it was possibly before it, just because there is this... 
obviously there's that moment that happens at the end of Last Jedi where Poe and Ray finally like talk to one another in a way that there's could there be oh, maybe an inkling? They've of an said specifically. Yeah. They said specifically that Tavaro asked uh, Ryan Johnson to add that into the movie. Yeah. Because, because he, he really planned on them being attached in the next one. Exactly. Because no of way. all the hinting. Yeah. Because of all yeah. the hinting in Duel You didn't look it Fates. up. There's, you know, screen rant articles or whatever about it. Yeah. Because in Duel of the Fates, uh, Victoria, there are there are moments where they clearly have this like cute swarmy kind of banter between the two of them. Right, a little right, bit reminiscent right. of like Leia and Han on Hoth, but not, not as like at each Real other's... Real quick though, it's only yeah. one little scene, yeah. Yeah, and then <laughs> you're sitting there. there you're going, uh, well, okay, there's something going on here. Uh, they, mm-hmm. I, and clearly there's been a little time passage, so you get that, but Finn is a lot more developed, Rose is a lot more developed than yeah. the face. And it's just unfortunate that um, that was just kind of thrown so out. You know, it was just like, yeah. oh, well, I, you could see, you could see, though, that Trevorrow and Connolly, their version was definitely a foundation that Abrams came oh, yeah. and said, I like this here. I'm going to take this piece and push this up here and push this up here. So for sure. So, so much so that the Writers Guild, you know, forced Disney to give them story credit still, even mm. though they were not on the picture anymore. Yeah. So. Yeah. What were you about to say, Victoria? I'm sorry. I was cutting you off there. No, no, no. It's totally, it's, it's totally fine. I was going to say it was, it was, um. I was really interested in the elements because I went and looked at the bullet points of what was changed in the script and stuff like that. And I thought uh, the temple where it had the two different thrones was really mm-hmm. interesting. Yeah. Uh, what was that called? Guys, I'm sorry. I just uh, like looked at it. But on that, Mortis? That, yeah, I think it was on yeah. Mortis. <clears throat> yeah. And yeah. I, and I also thought it was going to be interesting to meet like Palpatine's teacher instead of just having mm-hmm. Palpatine come back, which I thought Palpatine was really forced. Was that confirmed that Tor Valum was supposed to be the guy that he, that he learned things from? Or was it just kind it, of like vaguely implied? It, that says, like, no, it says in the script, uh, you know, he's talking to Vader supposedly, but he says, take Luke to the guy who taught my master. Mm-hmm. So I get, because everybody's like, well, that's stupid because Darth Plagueis taught him. And it's like, well, if you actually read what it says, it says that that's Darth Plagueis' master, essentially. Ah, got it. Okay. So, Andrew, can you talk us through, like, your process of, like, um, you find the script, you read the script, you get inspired by the script, and then you were like, you know what, I'm going to start making a comic about it. Well, I did that. Uh, The first thing I did, I just, you know, I read it, and I'm a writer, and I'm working, I'm actually working on a dissertation while I'm doing this. um, Wow. On uh, mythology and politics. But, um, uh, so I started a second dissertation on um, mythology and the sequel trilogy mm-hmm. and I, so I was reading it a lot for that and that's where I did this breakdown of like well here's what Duel of Fates does here's what Rise of Skywalker does and I just I got in my craw to uh, just draw it because I'm also you know an artist so um, I picked two scenes I did the scene where um, Ray fights the Knights of Ren on Bonadan which mm-hmm. is cool and, yeah and then I did um, Kylo versus Vader and I liked those so much. And then one of my friends from Berkeley, who's also an artist, and she was like, why don't you just continue doing the whole thing? And I was like, it's going to be like 200 pages. It's going to take me a year. I'm not going to get paid for it. Yeah. Um, and she's like, yeah, but you should do it because the, the inspiration is there. Isn't so I did. I mean, yeah, Andrew, it's absolutely. I, total labor of love. But uh, yeah. like, I don't think, again, to anybody who has ever drawn, drafted, rendered anything drawing a comic book a graphic novel anything Mm -hmm. is a is a 
time-consuming process. It's a There's chore, a yeah. <laughs> there, there is a lot that goes into it. Sorry, continue. Oh, I don't know. I don't know where I was. No, no you were talking <laughs> you're about going the through process. Your, process. your friend was like, yo, make oh, yeah. comic so right do that. now. Well, so that's what I did. I just started doing that. And what I do, um, you know, for the first issue, which, you know, it's not really an issue, but um, I just went through the script and I, I read a part and I have a little, uh, you know, I take an eight and a half by 11 sheet of paper, cut it in half, and then I have my two pages. Um, and I just start essentially storyboarding it and figuring out what would look interesting. And based on that, I said, well, my 24 page comic is the first 15 pages of the script. So then I said, well, how many pages is the script? Oh, it's, I'm going to be doing eight issues yeah. based on that, on that yeah. number. Although already in the second issue, um, I did another, I went through another 15 pages of script and I still had like four pages to go in my comics. So I was like, well, great. I'm going to get further along. So maybe it'd only be seven issues end up. I don't know. But um, at the moment I'm, I have eight at some point it will happen. Um, mm -hmm. I just finished the, the second one yesterday. Yeah, so, I read it. so two full issues are there. I have a, a cover for it that I did yesterday too, that I'm going to put up on Twitter today. Very cool, um, man. And Colin liked but, it, right? Uh, yeah. yeah, he's liked a number of the pages. That's a number awesome. Of my tweets. So, um, Derek Connolly also liked one response of mine, not a, not a page of my comic, but I said something nice about their script, and he liked it. So, <laughs> and That's then also, great. actually, one of my one of my images on one of the pages is based on um, if you get the art of books. I don't know if you mm -hmm. get those. I, I love those. Mm -hmm. So at the end of Force Awakens, the art of, uh, back when Kylo Ren was just known as the Jedi killer, there's an image. It's like the last page or the second to last page in the book. And it's called Jedi Killer Goth Face. And it's Kylo Ren with these like um, pieces of metal on his face. Oh, yeah. And he's hooded and stuff, uh, and he has a robotic hand because I thought, well, maybe he'll have a hand missing. But um, I've wondered if <laughs> Trevorrow and Connolly saw that page and said, let's do that. Because with the whole like smelted metal on his face, I, so I based my uh, panel on that. Mm. And I, I tagged the, the artist from Lucasfilm, a guy named Dermot Power, and he also liked that. So that was kind of cool. Awesome. That's one of my art awesome. heroes. That's awesome. Did you um, see on Comic-Con at home, I think Colin actually talked about what it was like to... I saw uh, articles about it. Yeah, yeah. He actually was quoted in saying that it was one of those difficult things of like you had people that had just different wants and needs from the script and that's why he had to just walk away mm. and stuff like that. Mm. Uh, I mean, that was the... He was very diplomatic. Let me put it to you this way. He was very yeah. diplomatic, even though he probably had a lot more to say, but he was just like, no, you know, different opinions. Well, he has, he has to yeah, be. Yeah, of course, of yeah. course. I mean, right, Kathleen Kennedy runs Lucasfilm and Frank Marshall runs the Jurassic Park movies yeah. and those Kathleen Kennedy and Frank Marshall are married. Yep. Like, you got, yeah. you got to be diplomatic when, when the married couple are your two bosses, you know. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Very true. Oh Very man, true. that's got to be an impossible task, though. Andrew, how do you how do you work? Uh, I'm curious. Do you work traditionally? Do you do penciling out like traditionally? Do you scan in? Do you work off a Wacom tablet? Like, uh, do you color digitally? Like, how do you how do you like what's your process? All that except I, I haven't really gotten into the 
Wacom tablet yet. I still color with my stupid little mouse. But, um, but yeah, I, I draw it and I, I pencil things in and then I pretty much draw in ink. Okay. So I, my pencils are super rough. Um, okay. And so I, I draw it in an ink. Um, I really hate filling in black when I draw. So I just put the little X that pencilers put yeah. for, for inkers so they know what to black fill. And then once it's all inked, I scan it in the computer. And then in Photoshop, I just have to paint bucket that area real quick. Yeah. So yeah. paint bucket, paint bucket, paint bucket. And then I, uh, I tighten up. I do another layer that I tighten up the um, outlines of the panels. And um, then I put the word balloons on and the text. And I have to figure out how that fits into the word balloon. And then... I colored the first issue, but you know, coloring just takes so long. Um, it does. The first issue, and I didn't, even on the first issue, I didn't do shadows and highlights for the most part. Um, so in the initial 10 pages I did, which was the, uh, the Bonadan fight and the Kylo versus Vader, I went all out on those. And that took like two months to do 10 pages. Wow. Um, and so the first issue, which I, you know, penciled, inked, and colored, and lettered. Um, that took, I think, two or two months or two and a half months for 24 pages. Mm -hmm. The second issue, which I've only colored two or three pages, I think, of, um, I did the whole thing in less than a month. So if I don't color it, it, it goes really quick. Mm -hmm. But if I color it, it takes like two times, two or three times longer to yeah. finish something. Yeah, I used, to, um, I used to do some comic work for an artist. And by that point, I would never do any color work. I would do all the foundation penciling and inking and mm -hmm. that would be sent off to somebody to do flats and everybody would do the flat color wash. And then somebody else would come in and do highlights and then somebody else. Mm -hmm. So it's, I mean, there's, if you're doing all the, if you're wearing all the hats, like you said, two months, 10 pages, you know, it's, it takes yeah. a lot of time. So hats wow. off to you, man, for continuing yeah. to do it. Cause it is a labor of love. You're, you're not employed by Lucasfilm, you know, you're not being hired by, <laughs> Trevor O or Connolly and like, Hey, you know, Andrew, no. can you make this comic? Like you're doing this because you love it. And I think that's a testament to just the fandom of star Wars. I think that's a testament to your dedication to your craft and just like what the fan community does, even with fan films, even with mm -hmm. creating, um, you know, uh, the cosplay community. I mean, everybody yeah. loves this so much that they're going to take their, their time, their energy and their resources. And they want to participate in it in, whatever way, shape or form. And then there's going to be other people that are going to gravitate towards that. And they're going to say, Oh, that's so cool that you're doing this. I'm curious. Has yeah. anybody reached out to you and said, Hey, Andrew, I love what you're doing. You know, I'm a, I'm a letterer. I'm a comic letterer. Like, let me actually like letter your pages for you. Or, you know, I'm a, I'm a, no, nobody like said that. that. I've had a bunch okay. of people tell me that, you know, they like it and stuff, but nobody's um, offered to do the colors or something. Jump on board. Nice. <laughs> but uh, I mean, I would hope, uh, you know, I what I would like to do, I want to still teach because that's a steady job, but um, I want to, I would like to be found by Marvel or DC mm -hmm, mm -hmm. or Image or IDW or whatever, because I've tried, or Boom Studios, I've tried to work for a bunch of these people. Um, and it would be cool. It would be very cool. Do you, have you guys, uh, were you into the Star Wars Expanded Universe books oh, and yeah. comics in the 90s oh, yeah. and stuff? Oh, so, yeah. So, the way Dark Horse ran it, where they, you know, they eventually did, they published a series and later graphic novel called The Star Wars, which is based on Lucas's first script. Mm -hmm. And they also have Star Wars 
Infinities, where they took each of the movies and they said, well, here's, it's going to be the same movie, except this one thing is different. Mm -hmm. And then it changes the rest of the trilogy. Mm -hmm. Or there was Star Wars Visions, which is where it was the first time where uh, Darth Maul came back with robotic legs and attacked Obi-Wan on Tatooine. Mm -hmm. Um, I think it'd be amazing if I could somehow get Marvel to publish what I'm doing as like a Star Wars Infinities version of Episode Nine. Oh, I think Um, that'd be great. Because it's really weird to me the way that they're, you know, Disney and Lucasfilm are just shoving the work that Trevorrow and Connolly did completely under the rug. Like I, I thought when it, when the art of rise of Skywalker came out, I thought like half of it would be all about duel of the fates. Cause yeah. you know, they used to, that's, that's how we know that, uh, you know, in Lucas's original script, Anakin and Darth Vader were two different people. They weren't the same person mm-hmm. because they have released those and been like, well, here's, here's how the progression of the ideas came about. Um, and even with, uh, you know, Empire Strikes Back, did you guys know about Splinter of the Mind's Eye? Oh, yeah. <laughs> we spoke with uh, Alan Dean Foster. We spoke yeah. with the author. You did? Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, but, like, that was the original Star Wars sequel. Yeah. yeah. And then, yeah. then they later, because Star Wars did well, then they made Empire Strikes Back. Mm-hmm. But, uh, but with this, it's like they're just shoving it under the rug like it never existed. And I don't understand that. They should, <clears throat> I mean, like, uh, my degree that I'm working on is in mythology. So... And in mythology, there's always different versions of stories. Yeah. Sure. Why can't we? Why can't we also have this one? So you know, whether you like Rise of Skywalker or not, you could have this other option. I don't know. Oh no, I agree. And it's cool I mean, to me. You know, and it's great, Andrew. I think, and I can't speak for Colin, but I'm sure, like you doing this and putting the time and the effort into this, is some sort of validation for him that what he made was good enough that somebody wants to sketch it out on what he wrote down and stuff like that, which is really, which is really awesome. And and I I don't think why we couldn't have Colin's story. Yeah, you know, I I just want to throw my two cents in here because uh, we have a small production company and we we have gone through either development on scripts, we have gone through like pre-existing material that we have and like bringing it to the screen. And the the only and again, this is a total assumption because I don't have Kathleen Kennedy on text message or yeah, you know, right. hey Bob Iger, what did you think about this when you were at Disney? Um, the only thing I can think of is this: sometimes you go down roads with ideas to where you get so invested in it. Because like you said, Andrew, there was a lot of concept art for Duel of the Fates. I mean, yeah. there, was, there was a lot of stuff. I mean, you Amazing saw Ray, wearing, concept art. Ray yeah, wearing the right. all black outfit looking like Luke mm-hmm. from Return of the Jedi. She had the dual bladed lightsaber. You saw Tor Vellum with like that weird baby thing that was like on the top of the head. You just had a lot of concept art that clearly they were putting a lot of time and energy into this. Mm-hmm. Now, if you start to build let's say that that stuff started to trickle out after the fact, you know, it was okay. Rise of Skywalker came out here. And then like, you know, now, Mm -hmm. now we can kind of pull the curtain back and show you, well, maybe this is kind of sort of what it would have looked like. The only thing I can think is, and again, total assumption. If you start to bring people in earlier and go and release that maybe sooner, and maybe you're showing stuff like that post uh, last Jedi, you might create kind of a, a, a false expectation with the fan audience of like, oh, but wait a second, you had Ray in the all black, like Return of the Jedi outfit with like the blue double bladed lightsaber, but now she's like wearing all white and wait, wait, what's going on? Trust me when I say this, 
somebody told me this once in a focus group meeting and it made so much sense. They said, if you are confusing the little old lady in Kansas who's watching your movie, you're going to lose 80% of your audience. You want to dull it down to the most simplest story you can. And I thought, well, what if you want to get clever? And what if you want to do this and this? They go, hey, that's fine if it's like art house stuff. But if it's very bubblegum commercial and you want a lot of people to see it, you've got to give it to everybody very just bare bones flat of like, this is what it is. The good guy wears this color. The bad guy wears this color. And that's what I feel like we got in The Rise of Skywalker versus the Trevorrow Connolly stuff that was released with Duel of the Fates with like really interesting uh, it was it was really cool. I mean, the opening of the film is awesome. They're hijacking a Star Destroyer. Yeah, which is really cool. You know, yeah. really cool. what a way to open a Star Wars movie. I mean, most of the Star Wars movies start off with space battles. Most of them start off in space with space mm-hmm. battles. Yeah, especially the saga films did. Um, but like to start off like that, that was just like a heist. That I know. Cool. I would have loved to see it, <laughs> which is why I drew it. Like. I want yeah. to see it, so I'm going to draw it. Nobody else will. Okay. And that reveal of yeah. Ray, too. Like, that reveal of Ray, I really enjoy that reveal of Ray in there. Um, mm-hmm. Because, again, I, I don't know how much time we're supposed to have assumed has passed. Has passed, yeah. Point. I've I mean, heard five years. I've heard ten years. But I don't know where that comes from. Because I don't yeah. read that in the script anywhere. I could, I could buy five. You know, I could buy that, you yeah. know, she's been training with, you know, Leia for five years and she's been getting stronger and that, you know, like when she's in it now, like in this movie, she's, she's it, you know, she is the Jedi that everybody is talking yeah. about now. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I like that they were incorporating Luke a little bit more in this draft. Like he was mm-hmm. the one. Still yeah. They cut her. him out a lot. They cut for, him out a for, lot. He was in Duel of the Fates a lot. And then they cut him out for Rise of Skywalker, which I don't understand. Yeah, I don't know. Oh, man. And apparently oh. Mark Hamill liked Duel of the Fates a lot. Well, he, the story. he was in it a lot more. Yeah. <laughs> yeah that's <laughs> true. I, I, I like this script. Well, that's how I knew that. Yeah, this script is great. I'm in <laughs> it on every page. Yeah, I'm in it on I mean, every page. That's how I knew. I'm telling you guys, when I read that article prior to The Force Awakens coming out and I heard that Harrison Ford loved the script, I was like, he dies. He I'm died. Like, he, He's dead. He, he, is, he is getting yeah. killed off in this film because he has said numerous times he does not want to come back and play this character. So when, <laughs> and, when then I, did. Yeah, and then he did. And then he did. And then he did. But anyway. Yeah. Yeah, um, but I just, I knew it. I was like, oh man, he, he dies in this movie. I know he dies. I know mm-hmm. he yeah. dies in this movie. Yeah. Um, but I wonder if they were writing Duel of Fates uh, before Carrie Fisher. I, I don't know the They did, timeline. yeah. It was yeah. before she yeah. passed away. It was before she, okay, so they were under. I think it was like 11 days timeline. later she passed away after they turned in a script. Oh man. That's what I've heard. I wonder if that was Because the script is dated. Yeah. The Duel yeah. of Fates is dated. So you can, yeah, she died like 11 days later. That's yeah. so sad. I mean, I'm sure that was one of the headaches because they had maybe they had Leia a lot more involved and, and it was just came yeah. down to like, well, how do you shoot these things now? Yeah. Yeah. There was no way. Around I, I honestly think point. they they could have just given a lot of her lines to Mark Hamill. <laughs> yeah. You know, I they could have. Yeah. Yeah. They could have. And I, still, I still done think. what they did with Rise of Skywalker where they used footage from Force Awakens. I, I think it could have been of, done. But. I spoke to a couple of friends at, uh, that work at Lucasfilm and, and some of them did say that what they wanted to do as far as with the original trilogy, beloved characters, you know, Luke, Leia, and Han, was that they mm-hmm. wanted to give, you know, Han's send-off was going to be in Force, of the Way, yep. uh, Force Awakens, uh, Last Jedi was going to be Luke, and Rise of Skywalker or Duel of Fates was going to be Leia's send-off. Yeah, and which we still did was, get, you know. Yeah, yeah, we got a version of Rise that. Rise of Skywalker um, is her send-off, so. Yeah, it's yeah. just... 
again, you can definitely see whenever you edit, you have to edit it through a lens of what do I have to work with? What mm -hmm. takes yeah. do I have? What footage do I have? Can we actually line this up? Like you could even see and feel a lot of the dialogue with Daisy Ridley's character and Carrie Fisher from the footage they used from Force Awakens. You could see where they, they had to write around, okay, well, we've got yeah. Carrie saying this word, this word. What this does she word, say? Droids word. are cool. Okay. Yeah. What do you yeah. say about, what does Ray say about that? Yeah, so yeah. we've got to kind of build out our scene around this, but still kind of have it make sense that mm -hmm. it's going on in this film. So it, it was very challenging for them to work around such a beloved character. Obviously, losing Carrie Fisher is just sad enough in itself, but just really kind of like having this all make sense now still. And like, how do you not just mm -hmm. go back to the drawing board completely and go, okay, well, where does this go now? Where do we go? Mm -hmm. yeah. No, I agree. Um, Andrew, when's your next, so you have two issues. When's the third one coming out? I don't know because at the end <laughs> of the first one, I said, I have to take time off to write my dissertation. Yeah. Um, and then like two days later, I was back at it doing thumbnails. So uh, I don't know. But if, if I start the third one, like I said, I just finished today. If I start the third one, I mean, hopefully within a month, but um but again, I'm a teacher, so next month school starts. Um, I'm I'm in California, and we're we're not going back physically. Right. So I'm gonna be I'm gonna be doing this like I, I'm gonna be zooming, which is a the most bizarre way of teaching, especially when you teach art. Mm. Um, so I don't know how much time I'll have, but I am almost. Uh, my dissertation is six chapters, and I just finished the fifth one. So, okay. uh, and I still don't need to turn it in for like six months or something. So. All right. Oh, there you go. So, so maybe awesome. I'll get to it sooner. Maybe I won't. I don't know. That, yeah. The answer is, I don't know. <laughs> have you given yourself, have you given yeah. yourself any kind of a deadline? Like, hey, I'd love to, I'd love to hit this mark. I'd love to, you know, this date. Well, I mean, if each one, you know, if I could work, uh, it's been easier on the second issue. Cause again, I didn't color it for the most part, but there again, a couple pages are colored, but um, I've had a lot of time to work because not only are we stuck home because of COVID, but, because it's the summertime and I don't have to work. There's nothing for me to do. So, uh, you know, in between taking care of our kids, I'm able to just sit and work. Um, and that took me less than a month. So if there's six more issues, then it should be like by, you know, January, February, I'd be done. But I, I don't know if it's going to go that fast. Gotcha. Are your kids that would Star be Wars a fans? Goal. Huh? Are your kids Star Wars fans? Yeah. Yeah, they're they're all they're all you know below they're all under six. So, um, but they love Ray. <laughs> that's cool. Of course, I have all girls. So, oh, that's cute. Do they think it's cool yeah. when they see you drawing a comic about it? I mean, that's got to be a pretty awesome experience. Yeah, yeah. They, <laughs> they come over to me and I'm like, no, no, stay away. I don't want you because they'll come over to me and I'm like, Daddy, you know, shake you. <laughs> like I know yeah. I'm trying to draw, but uh, yeah, they like it. Oh, that's They always awesome. ask me what I'm doing. Yeah, that's great. Are you watching anything else Star Wars related? Do you watch Mandalorian? Have you watched Clone Wars season? Well, I love seven? I love Mandalorian. Uh, Clone Wars season seven, I didn't really care for except the last three episodes. Mm. It seemed pretty pretty boring and like, who are these characters and what is this all leading to? And then it had a great ending, but you know. Yeah. But uh, the Mandalorian is is really good. I love yeah, it's that. Fantastic. I think, and uh, I love the the Disney Gallery series, which is about the making of it. It's mm -hmm. really amazing too. Yeah, you get to see what the volume's all about, yeah. and he talks to the directors, and it's it's really yeah. good. 
I think the season seven, the part of the reason for extending it as long as it was, because I agree, the end of the series was a lot more emotionally heartfelt than the beginning half. Uh, it just felt like filler, but it felt like an introduction yeah. to the bat to the Bad Batch, which we've just now had an announcement that they're going to do their we own spinoff that. series yeah. of the I, Bad uh... Batch. You know, so okay, we got your introduction, your five episode arc, yeah. and whatnot. But I really enjoyed the way that they kind of tied up a little bit with Ahsoka and Vader there. That was really cool at the end. Um, well, that's what I'm saying. Like, I wish the last three or four episodes of season seven, I wish the whole 13 episodes or whatever they did was that story. Yeah, well, and not, just, no. not just at the, because like, you know, the Bad Batch are okay. For me, they're kind of like, like a ripoff of Ninja Turtles. But because, uh, you, you know, you got the leader and you got the tech guy and you got the silly guy and yeah, um, but I love Ninja Turtles, but I'm like, I don't like that because it's copying it. But popular um, archetypes. And then yeah. Ahsoka with the like sisters that stole stuff. I, was like, I don't know. It's, it's yeah, it was boring. also it dragged a little bit. <laughs> I agree. Yeah. I mean, I thought they were maybe going to have Ahsoka go through more of the hardship when you know Order executes uh, Order Six 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 Six. You know, happened, um, and they didn't. But it was uh, like it was still epic. The last the last couple of episodes yeah. were still epic, and that one moment of um, Vader at the end was really powerful too. And it was nice yeah. to see Vader. I feel like, I don't know. I feel like I could always do more Vader. I don't know, maybe it's me. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'm surprised they haven't kind of teased at something, whether it is a spinoff solo film, a spinoff series of some kind. I mean, the Dr. Aphra and Vader stuff was really cool in the comics. That was mm. really interesting. Um, but once again, you know, whatever you do, do with that character. He's so iconic. And, you know, you're starting to get kind of crammed too. This was something I was talking to somebody about the other day. There's a bit of a traffic jam starting to happen around like the years just pre new, a new hope and like getting into the original trilogy. We're like, now a lot of that timeline is getting filled. Now it's like, well, mm-hmm. Hey, this took place in this year. Well, wait, didn't that take place in that year too? It's, it's now it's like, well, this took place in this week then, <laughs> you know, this yeah, is the week yeah. leading up to this event. So, you know, which is maybe, what happened with the EU in the nineties, you know? So, yeah, and I love the stuff that they did. I mean, post-Return yeah. of the Jedi, you know, the Thrawn trilogy, the Jedi Academy mm-hmm. trilogy, it was great. It was a lot of fun. One of my favorite things is uh, Shadows of the Empire. Great I book. I loved Shadows of the Empire. Great book, a lot of fun. The, In between five the and The book six. and the comic and the game, it was all, I was all there. Yeah, Dash Rendar. <laughs> you know, he was like my... He was my Han the poor Solo. man's Han Solo. Yeah, yeah, exactly. He was, he was the Rob Liefeld version of Han Solo. Yeah. I remember, I remember seeing like renditions of him, and he had yeah. like a, a sle- He was sleeveless, and he had like buff arms, but he had like big shoulder pads, and he was like, was like Han Solo and Cable. Yeah, yeah, he was a mixture of Cable. He was a mixture of Cable. I could see that. Yeah. I could see that for sure, yeah. man. Chewie got like a flat top when he went undercover. Yeah. as like, one of the bounty hunters. He had like an eyepiece on. Mm-hmm. That was kind of cool. Was a and little then weird. She, Shizor, Shizor was oh, an interesting character. The uh, the soundtrack to Shadows of the Empire was the first CD I ever bought. Oh, okay. Because before that, it had tapes, you know. But uh, yeah, nice, nice. Awesome. And then Shadows of the Empire, the game was that on Nintendo sixty four? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. Man, mm. video games with all this. I love video games. <laughs> great. Great. Fantastic. Um, yeah, I know. I know. Yeah. Um, so Andrew. This is a question that usually Jason uh, asks, but I'm going to steal it today, which is, okay. you, got, you got the keys to Star Wars. What are you doing next with it? Kevin Kennedy's like, yo, do whatever you want next. What are you going to do? You got to make a, oh, gosh. a series? I know. Spotlight's on you, Andrew. Yeah. What would you do with it? Um, 
I don't know. I would continue Ray's story somehow. I've seen a couple other people on Twitter where they're trying, either somebody did a series of paintings or somebody was working on a kid's book version that looked like one of those, one of the golden books. Um, that was like Ray finding Ben in the world of worlds or whatever it's called from world in between thought, worlds. Yeah. The world between worlds, which is kind of, isn't that ripped from uh, Chronicles of Narnia? But anyway, um, <laughs> but uh, I think that would be kind of interesting mm-hmm. somehow showing, you know, I mean like how, where do you go? Who are the antagonists after the first order and the empire are both gone? I don't know, but um but it'd be interesting to see Ray continuing her training and then learning from Ben somehow from beyond, you know, that'd be kind of cool. I don't know if she would have to go to the world between worlds and get him back. I don't know if that needs to be done, but I think definitely seeing what he knows and learning from him as well. Now, would you continue the Ray here, I just want to add to this question. Would you continue the Ray that we got in Rise of Skywalker or would you continue Ray Solana from Duel of the Fates? Well, I, I definitely like Solana better, uh, but uh, I would try to, if I had my druthers, I would try to steer the Ray from Rise of Skywalker into the Duel of the Fates Ray. Mm. Like, uh, like continue the story where it left off, but then like have her get with Poe, you know? <laughs> yeah. So... Would you do a comic? Would you do a series? Would you do a movie? What, what, comic, what comic series. Yeah. You do okay. a comic series. Okay. Yeah. Wow. I'm, I'm a comic guy. <laughs> so that would be cool. I've heard. I've heard. Yeah. 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 We, we have definitely heard. Have That's definitely a good heard. answer. Yeah. For sure, awesome. Andrew. What, um, so everything that you're going to be doing, Andrew, just so everybody who listens and watches can see this, you're going to be putting it up through your Twitter feed and you're going to have the link there in the description. Is there anything else that you want to, promote through there is there anything else you're going to be doing that you'd like to like throw out there how can people get a hold of you uh well twitter's easiest but um promoting myself uh please check out peaceful warrior the graphic novel check out gilgamesh the graphic novel um yeah i have a i have a kid's book again that i need to put up on kindle or something um that's it Awesome. All right. And and tell Marvel and DC about me or IDW or whoever. Yeah. What up, Marvel? Get on the radar. I mean, I've done the, you know, I was going to go back to WonderCon and Comic Con this year in in Artist Alley, but then everything got shut down. I know. uh, 2021. 2021, it'll happen. Because I I, I did both, or no, I didn't do Comic Con, but I did WonderCon and Ape uh, Alternative Press Expo in 2014. Um, and then I had to stop because we had kids and everything's very busy. But now it's becoming like I can do Comic-Cons again. Nice. So I want to get back into Artist Alley. That's awesome. Nice. Well, yeah. what, nice. but where exactly can the people on the interrupts find you? What's your Twitter handle? Oh, my Twitter handle is at Andy Weingartner. At Andy Weingartner. Uh, Excellent. Yeah. Instead of Andrew. But, um, but my website is aweingartner.com. So okay, cool. A-W- we always say wine like you drink, Garner. Uh, yeah, so like A-W-I-N-E-G-A-R-N-E-R.com. Yeah. Garner. Nice. Excellent, man. Excellent. Thank you Check so them much. out. Yeah. Check them out, guys. Please do. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Spread the love. Let people know that he's doing this really cool comic. If you're a Star Wars fan, if you have not read the script, 
Andrew's done a great job of depicting the images and the scenes in an illustrative format. So you can really get caught up quickly. And if you'd like to read it, the script is out there, but uh, he's doing it because he's a huge fan and because we think he's awesome. Yeah. Thank you so much. Thank and you very much. Till next right. time, guys, this is the Rebel on the Rogue podcast. You can find us on the Electric Now app and Apple podcast. Go check us out. Bye, guys. This is a production of the Electric Surge Network.